How's it going, everybody? Luke Buckley, Joe Marino here with you. Another episode of the uh, Costly Optimistic Podcast, episode 20 of season number seven. It gets It's around that time where we normally start a new season. I think, though, waiting till after playoffs typically is our rule of thumb. It just makes the most sense because the current season is ongoing. Maybe, maybe at the draft. I feel like we usually wait until like preseason ish. So okay. Maybe, yeah. Maybe after the off season stuff settles, but perhaps. Yeah. So, but uh, episode 20, um, we've been on a good pace this year. Thank you to everybody who has followed along, of course, uh, throughout the whole actual season and the early parts of the off season here. Um, it went quick. It really did. Episodes. It really did. We went from audio to doing this now on uh, video as well. If you're listening on audio still, thank you very much. If you're watching the video, uh, thank you there as well. Um, you get to see our faces. You get to see, look, I'm as pale as the sheet of paper right here. It's really, it's, 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 it's quite frightening. What's it like for you to be talking to a ghost? <laughs> Casper, the friendly ghost. Yeah. I update my background. See, I got the new, uh, Buffalo News Bills schedule up. Put the other one. Oh, very nice. I got a. I'm in my living room, so. Oh, okay. I don't think I can. Yeah. Update. Does the background land... very nice? Is the landlord lenient with uh, putting stuff on the walls? Oh no, I can't do <laughs> so, that. So. You're limited. You're limited. Yes. Yeah. And I well. eventually own my own place. Yes. I, we will have our own podcast studio, hopefully. Good. Oh, that'd but be great. You shall see. That'd be great. Uh, I do want to to mention something really quick. Uh, our old stopping grounds closing down. That's right. Yeah, we'd be remiss. Die University. Uh, mm. Got to wonder what happens to the Charging Buffalo Studio in there. Is it going to get uh, all the equipment sold? It took so long for them to get that equipment in the first place. So. More Gotta money down what the happens train. to that. Right? You know, we do have an inside track into that school's money problems. I mean, it took a while for us to get that stuff. And I guess maybe maybe we contributed to the economic hard, economic hardships <laughs> because listen, really, Joe, let's be honest, like it was six of us. It was me, you, our friends Mike, Nino, Joey, who really pushed for um, a new like new equipment at the radio station at Madai College, as it was then, uh, and 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 we were the only people who used it. Right. So let's be honest. Now, after the fact, we kind of fibbed a little bit to get that equipment in there. Well, really, they got it when we were gone. Too. Right. That's that's right. They allowed us to use it for a, the time being. Then they they kicked us out and, because some hooligan was uh, stealing equipment from there. Not yeah. us. But yeah, really, you and I are the only people who even did a sh- like an actual show there, right? When you think about it, like <laughs> nobody nobody had an actual like sustained podcast. But yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. Madai. It's officially dead. Um, well, as a few as months. of August, yeah, yeah. But it's been it's it's been it's terminally ill, and it has a time frame. Mm-hmm. And it well, die. that's where the podcast really took off. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it started in when we were at seniors at Lancaster High School, recording in the yeah the AV closet in the library. Yeah, so we, we can't to, completely stop right. at grave. You know, so like, we it, had to lie to the librarians, telling them that we were doing a, a project for one of our classes, and eventually they were like, "When is this?" Mm-hmm. project gonna end and we're like yeah. oh by the way this is a podcast not a project mm-hmm. but yeah and then over the summer we we were booted from the original network that we were with oh my god what it was called but they deleted all of our episodes and then we got to Medai and we, we one of the main reasons we went there is because they had that state-of-the-art radio station at the time so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> or the podcast so yeah so we hey oh we owe that room a lot 
and it will be sorely missed. That's true. Um, so again, the professors were wonderful. The people we worked with. So can't got to got to got to got to leave some flowers at the tombstone. Um, Absolutely, wasn't wasn't all bad. Um, but anywho, uh, Sabers, right? Yeah, <laughs> they they they've been active, very active, very active. Yes, um, and I think you you were very excited for this episode. Oh <laughs> man, listen, people, if you've been listening to this podcast for any longer than like a year, like there are some of you who've been here since the beginning. Uh, but if you've been listening to us for the last year and a half ish, you know, we've been saying Ryan Johnson's going to sign. It's going to happen. And lo and behold, in the wee hours of the morning yesterday, it was announced that Ryan Johnson finally signed talk of him going back to Minnesota for a fifth year, hell bent for free agency. No, he's here. He's going to Rochester. I don't know if he's going to play, uh, did they say he's not going to play, or am I imagining things? I feel I, it, nothing official yet. But okay, if he can only play if he signed an ATO, because mm-hmm. we know the the whole conversation with Devin Levi was he can't go to Rochester because he wasn't on the Amherst roster on uh, the trade deadline day, which you have to be on the roster to play playoff games on that day. Remember, look back to last year when. They put Casey Fitzgerald, I think, Lukanen, and maybe somebody else. I don't remember. It was such a long time ago at this point. But they did the paper transactions to get those guys on the roster so they could play in the AHL playoffs. They didn't do that this year, but Johnson can only play if he was on the AHL roster on deadline day, which he wasn't, so... He's reporting to Rochester, so you can assume that he either signed an ATO or uh, he's just going there to hang out and practice with the team for a little bit. I bet he doesn't play. He hasn't played games in over a month at this point because it took him so long to sign. But it's good for him to even get the experience to go down there. I hope that they do like a conference call with him to kind of figure out his thought process here because it's a long time. Like realistically he could have played a good 14, 15 games in Rochester. And if he plays well, like the odds of him making the team out of camp next year, Buffalo, that is dramatically increased. So interesting that it took him this long, Uh, but who knows? Like he's a 21, 22 year old kid. He probably just wanted to decompress after a long season. Honestly, his classes probably just ended. That's true. He probably just graduated. Mm -hmm. So I know that people just assume, oh, he didn't sign yet. He's going to go to free agency. But if you've been listening to this podcast, we've been preaching for a while. Just because you play your senior year doesn't automatically assume that he's an entitled prima donna who just wants to go play for the la kings no yeah yeah uh i think so uh, yeah go ahead i i just have one question because um so savoy can play so there's i i assume he can play because there's different rules between college guys right and junior guys okay okay yeah, because yeah, once so once the junior team is eliminated, you can it might be on an ATO. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. you're able to send those players, even if they're not eligible to play during the regular season, mm-hmm. you're able to send them to the AHL for whenever their team is done. So yeah. uh, Olivier Nadeau has been around. He hasn't played yet. Noah Osland has been around, hasn't played yet. Uh, but Savoy one of the only two right-handed shot forwards on the team I just found out yesterday yeah. is able to play. So he played in games two and three, was on the fourth line for game two, didn't really play a whole lot. But towards the end of the game when they were, it was crunch time, they pulled the goalie. He was out there with Kulik and I want to say Rusek. And they were really leaning on him to try and get back into the game. So I thought that was nice. And then yesterday in game three 
he was on a line with Kulik and Rusek. Uh, overall, I thought he had a fine game. Obviously, he's still adjusting to professional hockey, but mm-hmm. nice to see him out there for sure. Uh, and no, Rochester's not losing because they put Savoy in the lineup. He obviously makes <laughs> them a better team. Uh Correlation and causation are different things. I watched game two, and uh, he certainly didn't look out of place. He was skating oh, yeah. well. He was keeping yeah. pace with everybody. Uh, so, no, he he blended in just fine. So Motor. Uh, Motor yeah. with Matthew yeah. Savoy. He doesn't stop. Uh, he's he's small, but he, you wouldn't... Watching him play, you, he doesn't look like he's 5'9", five, 5'8", five, whatever he is. He, yeah, and... He... he very aggressive, uh, 100 miles an hour at all times. Mm-hmm. I, I just love the player. Uh, whatever happens to them next year, because really the Sabres should write a strongly worded email to the NHL, CHL, whoever's in charge of this agreement and say, come on, he was born a day after the cutoff yeah. date. The give day of exception. the cutoff date. They should give him an exception. but. Uh-huh. Let's be honest, the WHL is not a bad league. It's a really good league. Winnipeg is still going to be really good next year. Uh, They could pull what Seattle did with Shane Wright, where he's around the team for the first couple months of the season, put him in a game here and there, gets to nine games, sit him for a couple weeks, practice with the team, go to Rochester for two weeks, drag it out, go play for Canada at the world juniors and then go back to Winnipeg for a playoff run. Then basically whenever they're done, go to Rochester for playoffs. And then the next year, Buffalo, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I were a betting man, I think that's their plan for Savoy because getting him in pro hockey, even if it's a small sample size might be the best for his individual development, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe he takes off and he does make the team out of camp and sticks around. Uh, oh, I wouldn't surprise me, but as of today, I know a lot of people are on the Yuri Cooley kike train, which deservedly. So he had an amazing year and is having an amazing playoff, but you look at the roster where are you putting them? Yeah. I don't know. Are you trading Casey Middlestep? No. <laughs> They're not going to. Maybe you will, but Kevin Adams is not going to. Right. Olafson still has to be moved, and you still have 12 guys under contract, assuming Gergensons comes back. Uh, well, that's the thing, too. Olafson uh, could very well be moved, uh, be that the draft or just some other time during the off season uh, could be a lot of change um, coming on, on, on that front. And of course, re-signing Opozo. though we, we had talked about this before where Opozo might not even necessarily be in the lineup every night, but I mean, he'll still have a roster spot. So uh, most that, likely will be in the lineup every night, but yeah. Yeah. Giving uh, a 35 year old, some rest here and there might not be the worst thing. Right. So there, there's there's plenty of uh, variables that the Sabers need to um, need to weigh, but man, I'll tell you, just with the Amerks thriving and uh, a couple other guys being signed, uh, Nikita Novikov was signed um, mm-hmm. almost ten days ago, and then another signing. I think you'll probably know how to say his first name. <laughs> I'm still learning how to say his first name. I, I believe it's Vasevalad Komarov. Uh, I think he was fifth round last year. I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't know anything about him when they drafted yeah. him. Nothing. Never heard of him, but he's on the Quebec Ramparts. They're in the Memorial Cup right now, and he had a pretty impressive season. Not sure if he's eligible for Rochester next year or not. I, I'm guessing no, but because he was an import pick out of Russia to the QMJHL, there might be a chance. But similar situation as Savoy, where born like a week or two after the cutoff date to make him eligible for Rochester. But for 
a prospect like that who's picked in the fifth round, it's no big deal if he goes back to the Q, QMJHL again for Quebec. Who, they have a really good team, so run it back. So still very exciting. Uh, lots of movement. It's cool to see the Sabres active this early in the offseason. Uh, it just feels like a, a, a nice change maybe from previous years, yeah, right? They're getting Where, business done. That's right. That's right. The, the, it, it, the grind, so to speak, has not stopped. Uh, I, I hate to use that cliche, but really, um, they've been they've still been after it, which is they've uh, gotten really their cool Russian thing. prospects signed for the most part. Too. Yeah, New that's Chev, the thing too. I I think we glossed over it on the lottery edition because obviously lottery podcast that we did with DJ Mitchell, right? Uh, because obviously lottery day, we were focused on that, but they got him signed, which is awesome. Third round pick last year. Uh, exciting prospect. He'll be in Rochester next year, or maybe if he gets picked in the import draft, he goes to play in uh, in the CHL somewhere. But I would bet he's probably in Rochester. Novikov, they got him signed too. They got Kisikov signed last year, uh, and Komarov, Russian, but he was already in North America, so obviously it's a little easier to get those guys signed. So. The concern with the Russian prospects when you draft them is it's going to take a long time for them to come over, but they already have four of them signed. And now Prokhor Poltapov, you're going to be waiting a couple more years for him to come over. But ideally, when he does come over, you're going to have more of a finished product. He's probably going to be able to step right in. Just won the Gagarin Cup in Russia, too, with Former Saber Mikhail Grigorenko. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. exciting. <laughs> what a mentor. So, just for our video uh, listeners, I'd like to bring um, something up on the screen here. I don't know. How, how do you. I'm normally very good with names. <laughs> I put my glasses back on. So the, I can see. Uh, maybe I can. Vesevalad. Vesevalad. Going with Vesevalad. There we go. I, I, I guess I've not. I have not read enough World War II books to come across that name, like like a Russian general or something, <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, no, very exciting times indeed um, for the team. And yeah, just a change of pace, I feel like, from um, what we would normally be talking about around this year. We, I mean, we've had conversations where it's it's there's nothing going on. Does this team even even do anything? Um, during which during the off season, which prospects are we going to lose because yeah they haven't been signed by June first. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be able to pull. Why don't you pull it up? I mm-hmm. tweeted it's from Cap Friendly probably a couple days ago. Now the list of all of the prospects who will be either re-entering the draft or uh going to free agency, depending on where they were drafted from. So you might be able to find that from my feed, but it was from cap friendly. But one of the prospects who was on that list was Peyton Krebs's brother. Oh, wow. Krebs, who was, I believe a sixth round pick of the Washington capitals. He's a defenseman. So I wonder if maybe the Sabres figure out a trade with the capitals for Krebs's rights, get him signed because they do Although they did sign these defensemen to contracts that you could always have more defensemen in your organization. So like a seventh round pick or something, just to get them in. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that is the list. uh, So full screen here. So some (laughs) some guys that I used to like quite a bit. The the number one guy on that list, Anaheim Ducks prospect, Sean Shagarrell. Liked him quite a bit. He was a fifth round pick. I think I had him graded out as a second or a third round pick when he was drafted originally. A little undersized, but with Pat Verbeek at the helm in Anaheim, not very surprising that you know he likes kind of the grinded out kind of guy. She Carroll's more of a skilled guy. Jack Beck is a guy that I liked. Uh Calgary prospects, Cole Hawkins to third round pick. Oh, Lots wow. of guys in Calgary. Uh, Carolina prospect Bobby, Bobby Orr, Orr is uh, <laughs> going to be available. Yeah. Uh, so some names 
Yeah, not many, not many, yeah. um, not many big names. Not many marquee names. Ben Roger, he was a second round pick of Ottawa. That could be someone of note. Yeah, that is true. Surprised that the Sharks didn't sign uh, Ben Goudreau. Yeah, he was. I believe he played for Canada, the World Juniors. At one and point. Um, there's a few names again. I would consider. But yeah. Again, if uh, if folks that are listening want to check this out um, and go to the YouTube, we'll have this posted there. And um, you'll be able to check out what we were just uh, looking at. So how about that? There's there's lots of brothers of current Buffalo Sabres players that are owned by other teams. So I wonder if they try and go for the brotherly love route, getting <laughs> Drew Krebs, Tice Thompson, Luke Tuck, just Luke Middlestat, further... who is in the draft this year was really good for Minnesota Gophers. Uh, Dylan Cousins' brother is about 16 years old, going to be playing for the Lethbridge Hurricanes next year. So maybe he gets drafted by the Sabres in a couple years. But there's some guys if they want to go that route. I feel like a lot of teams lately have been drafting brothers of core players of their team. Uh, Colorado drafted... Kale McCarr's brother, I believe his name's Taylor McCarr. When Kirby Doc was on the Blackhawks, they drafted Kale. What the heck's his name? Colton Doc. Yeah. His brother. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so there, there's some precedent. I wouldn't. Sabres are a kumbaya organization. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they try and do something. It just like gives that. you more incentive to sign your young guys, too. Right. If we're going to look at it that way. I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Tuck. Montreal Canadiens second round pick decides to play his it looks it sounds like he's playing his senior year at Boston University. He's a year away from free agency. I I think there's no like rumors that he's going to sign with the Sabres, but it just feels like Luke Tuck is going to maybe Big Brother sign with in, the Sabres. Um, Big Brother puts in a good word, right? I wouldn't be surprised. It makes sense. And says, he's uh, a, he's yeah. a good player too. Like if you watch the the uh, NCAA tournament, he was a factor for Boston University. So mm-hmm. he's a good player. Former Buffalo Junior Saber too. So like oh, well, it makes his brother has ties to the area. I'm sure yeah. he was also a Sabers fan growing up. But oh, I'm sure there's probably a video or a picture of him wearing a uh, a butter knives jersey as well. Is he alive for the butter knives era? Oh, cool. more probably more of a slug guy. Yeah, <laughs> slug yeah, you're a guy. Fun. Let's go. Let's circle back to Ryan Johnson. Yes. Uh, I feel like most people probably just assume he was heading to free agency, so it's like a pleasant surprise for most. But this is huge. Mm-hmm. I think the, a common thought in Saberland has been there's nothing on defense, but you look at the NHL roster, you have three building blocks, put them in pen. They're on your team for the next seven plus years. And Darlene, Power, and Samuel. So that's half your decor right yep. there. You just signed three of your D prospects, three out of your four like NHL potential D prospects in Komarov, Novikov, and Johnson. And you have lots of picks this year. You have four picks in the first three rounds. So can only assume they use at least one or two on a defenseman. So that's going to be interesting to see, but can you remember back four years ago when the Sabres drafted Ryan Johnson? Yes. Five years ago when they drafted Matias Samuelson. Yes. Young. I know where it was. A young Joe was furious that they drafted <laughs> defenseman with those two picks because there were no forwards in the organization. Right. Look at how the tides change. Now, years later, we're talking about how there's no defenseman in the organization. And if they didn't make those two picks and they went forwards, we'd be saying, Oh man, what are we doing? This is the case for draft the best player available. Just want to say, but yeah. And I, I I think we had touched on that because I know there were some really, there were some highly thought of forwards available 
Uh, yeah. I remember we talked about like Arthur Kaliev. Kaliev was available um, when that that pick was made, and um, but no, it's it's it, it, it's it's worked out in the end. And you're right, the benefits of um, of picking best available because yeah. down the line you're you're just you're 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 unknowingly perhaps uh, addressing um, needs that are going to uh, arise further down the road. It's not the NFL where you draft right. a guy and they're on the team right away. Right. You're drafting guys four years down the road in most cases, unless you're picking in the top five. Yeah. Something like that. But draft is coming to... up. I'm excited. Right. I, I will be out of town you... for the draft. Yeah. This was a development to me. Uh, you said this yeah. to me right before uh, we went on here. Yeah. It, uh, impromptu trip to minnesota to see some family oh nice i will well, be out of time i haven't gone since rasmus dalene was drafted five years ago i wow. believe i left the next day i have family Dallin get drafted and left so i, I have family missing... in town um from minnesota right now hmm. how about that minnesota great, great you'll at place. least be in in the, the land of the state of hockey right right so you'll still have that connection though um I'm sure the draft will be on everywhere you go there. They'll be talking about it. I don't know if you're like this, but if you have family in from out of town or if you're on vacation somewhere, do you take great interest in talking to them about their local teams? Like, will, will oh, you yeah. talk to them about the wild or about, you know, about the Vikings? I don't, you're, you're a hockey guy, but yeah. like, I, 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 I love talking. When I went to uh, Virginia beach last year, I just I loved talking to just people that maybe worked at a store or something like who do you guys root for down here? You know, because it's 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 Virginia. You're between all this stuff. So it's, it's I just love the Hurricanes fans. I saw Capitals flags. I saw Rangers flags, <laughs> uh, Penguins, Hurricanes. I'm sure there's probably some sprinkled about the further south you went. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love doing that. I love talking, getting people. Wasn't there talk of an expansion team going to Virginia Hampton Beach Roads. at one point. Yeah. The Hampton Roads Rhinos. They had a logo and everything. Yep. I love like the teams that almost happen, names that almost happen. Yeah. I was watching an aesthetics video and the Panthers were almost called the Florida Blockbusters. Yes. And did because, you see the logo for that yeah, too? Because it I'm wasn't bring like that up. someone yeah, put it on the screen. For the people watching on YouTube, but mm. if you if you don't know, the Panthers owner originally was also the owner of Blockbuster, something along those was lines. It Wayne Uzinga or something. That something like that. But yeah. the Panthers want the Panthers owner wanted them to be called the Florida Blockbusters to have some kind of uniformity. Yeah. Uh, between his team and his business. So very interesting how the tides change thinking that if the Florida blockbusters were heading to the Stanley cup final right now, I feel like the, the NHL nowadays would just like never allow that kind of uh, <laughs> that, that kind of integration. Right. Oh yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to pull it up here in a minute, but yeah, if, if you just Google Florida blockbusters, you can find it. It's actually a really sick logo. It kind of reminds hard me hat of on. yeah, the hard hat, the sledgehammer. Uh, it has the blockbuster colors. So nice. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the Oilers shoulder patch logo with the guy pulling yeah. the, the the crank or whatever he's doing. He's doing some man work. Uh, then also there's a there's a picture of the um the jersey that I can uh bring up here it's it's, it's really nice it, it kind of looks like the uh the, the chiefs from um from uh slap shot yeah and we'll see that in a minute but yeah straight huh. from the panthers archives there's a video you can check out too um it's an interesting jersey very different compared to yeah what they ended up with even like the color scheme wow the the florida blockbusters i love it uh, how about the, the, the avalanche were close to being the Rocky mountain extreme, mm -hmm. which sounds like a, that sounds like a DQ blizzard flavor. Which <laughs> I, 
that would have been the most the most '90s team name to come out of that expansion era. I mean, it not even just DQ Blizzard. That sounds like a rollerball team or or uh, an indoor roller der- team. roller derby. Roller derby, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rollerball was a movie that did horrible in the box office. <laughs> but, it wasn't um, a blockbuster. It was not a blockbuster. No, no, <laughs> we can relay that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Newport News Rhinos were another one that um, we tried. Uh, Stanley Cup final, now off of the yeah. Florida blockbuster. Florida's off to the final. Yes. Uh, and they're going to face either Dallas or Vegas. Vegas choking a little bit here, and we'll see what happens. But I think they'll pull through. Yeah, I think so, too. I obviously don't want to see Jack Eichel win the Conn Smythe trophy, but at the same time, I don't really care. I was thinking about the Jack Eichel trade yesterday. Yeah. Where are the Sabres right now if they don't trade Jack Eichel to Vegas? Like, if they I, traded him to, who were the other teams in the conversation? Like, Calgary, if they traded him to... Wasn't Kachuk on the table? Allegedly. Or was that innuendo? Yeah. Allegedly, Kachuk was on the table. But, like, if they traded him to a team for strictly futures. Yeah. Like, Minnesota. If they traded Jack Eichel in Minnesota, and they got, like... Marco Rossi, a couple first round picks and something else. Yeah. Where are the Sabres right now? I feel like because they got Alex Tuck, mm-hmm. they are their window is open. I yeah. feel like their win their playoff window would not be anywhere near open if they didn't trade him to Vegas. So mm-hmm. trade did. It's a win win for sure. Right. It's one of those that down the line, I, I think Maybe further down the line, it'll turn into a win-win. Uh, Vegas will have the edge, obviously, if they if they win the cup this year. Yeah. But um, if Vegas wins the cup, like they're happy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Even if they don't win the cup, they're happy. They got a great center mm-hmm. to play with them, and the Sabers got a guy who is dying, was dying to be a Buffalo Sabre. You got a good prospect in Noah Oslin. You got a pick that you turned into Jordan Greenway, and you got a good character, skilled, developing forward in Peyton Krebs. So it's a win-win. See, easily. I'm very, I'm bitter. I, I, I think you might know that if we have listeners who have seen me tweeting. Uh, it's like, there has to be a part of every Sabres fan that hates seeing what's happening. Right? Like, I, 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 unless you're like super chill and super level headed, which even I think I am, and I'm still bitter over how things are turning out, just because it's like, it's another thing that Buffalo fans have to live with and deal with that we were scorned again. And now look, the faces of that whole era that none of us want to go back to are thriving on other team. And we have to think could about be facing this. off in the final. Yeah. Michael, they could be Michael facing Reinhardt in the final. Yes. And it's, it's like, well, that's six years down the tube. Of course, that none of us want to remember because it was the darkest time in, in, in Sabres history. And it's just, obviously we all wish it could have worked out with Eichel and it, it, it hurts to see him thriving with uh, another team to be honest. And like, I was the one, we went to that Vegas game. We did the car yeah. cast. Right. And mm-hmm. I was kind of really pounding the drum of why do we even care anymore? But now, now that it's like, they're there, it actually happened. You think that Vegas would maintain the reputation as being a choker sort of, mm-hmm. but no, now they're one win away from again, appearing in the cup with Jack Eichel and his hey, first. Maybe they will choke still. They have lost. It's possible. And that would be very funny. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's like it's like you know, it's like um see it's like seeing a person you like end up with somebody else. It's like it's like you're cool with them. You're cool with them because they're not with anybody right now. And that's like, you know, you're cool with Jack because well, Vegas is struggling or oh, they're gonna choke anyway, but oh no, suddenly they post an Instagram that they're very happy and uh like you're taking it back 
right? How many teams are kicking themselves <laughs> for worrying that the, his neck surgery was going to backfire? Clearly, it hasn't. He's been it clearly arguably, arguably it, the best Golden Knight in the playoffs. He, he probably wins the Conn Smythe if they win the Cup. Yeah, I think he and Kachuk are the, the leading Conn oh, yeah. Smythe leaders. Did I get too real there for a moment? I think that's pretty relatable. <laughs> I try yeah. to be as relatable as possible. I Seems mean, I... relatable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm... you get what I mean. It's like, yeah, I got you. Now that it's actually happening, it kind of sucks. Do you think the Rangers wish that they would have made a handful of their untouchables touchable? I to, bet to get him. <laughs> you know, the Rangers are a team I was thinking about just the other day. Of we always talk about how the the Sabers. Well, you know, they're going to need teams to drop off. There's always going to be movement in the standings for the Sabres to get into the playoffs. And, like, the Rangers might be one of those teams that sooner than later might fall off. I mean, they are an older team. They, they are have, an older team. Yeah. They're Kane and Tarasenko. I don't gone think probably be back. And yeah. Kane, anyway, isn't a guy that'll get you over the hump nowadays. Uh, he's not the Petra Kane of old. Um, Tarasenko, I mean, Tarasenko to me seems guy. like a guy who's going to go to the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can just imagine him in Florida, kind of like a sweetheart games. deal. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Pacioretty keeps getting hurt. So, uh, you know, they can't like, you know, they can't, uh, um, they got to find a way to replace that production in a way. Maybe they both you know. go to the Hurricanes. Yeah. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Could you? Uh, after after how the conference final ended, um, you know, I I think the Hurricanes are going to do uh, whatever they can in a way. <laughs> you can keep going. By the way, I said tickets. Okay. Off for a minute. <laughs> I was I was worried that we glitched out for a second, but yeah. Uh, are you who? Okay, let's say it's. Dallas or Vegas versus Florida. Who are you rooting for? Do you have a team that you hope wins? I imagine Florida's a good story. I I think I'm rooting for Florida. I would like to see Sam Reinhart win the cup. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I that's I've why I got a I always got a soft spot soft spot for Sam Reinhart. This is why I've hated this in these like entire playoffs. Because it's just been so hard to watch. Honestly, the team I'm rooting for right now is probably Dallas. 99 happened. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of people who are going to be hurt by 1999. But I could care less. I was, wasn't alive. It was 24 years ago. It's just a thing that you and Come I on, can complain get over about it. And, and point to. It. It's a part of Sabres lore. It's like, I wasn't alive for it. You know, I have no attachment. I was a baby. I was a baby yeah, when I, no I, goal I, happened. I get was over born, it. Uh, I don't know. Three months later, I don't care. You know, it's like give it to them, right? I don't want to. I don't want to see for the the second time in four or five years a for a guy who was a member of that core Sabers team that sucked and couldn't get over the hump when they were here, and suddenly they're a contributing part to a Stanley Cup winner. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I feel that, and that's just me. I'm 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 a I'm a bit I'm a bitter. I can be a very bitter person. Jeez, if the Sabers, I obviously the. Buffalo wouldn't have gone to the cup final if they just would have won one more game and essentially knocked the Panthers out of the playoffs. But wow. Yeah. And see, like that's another thing too, is like Florida, I think is kind of showing that they were, they, they underperformed in the regular. Oh season, yeah. You know, well, what did, did they win the president's trophy last year? Yes. Yes. It's amazing. Like you, mm -hmm. you were the best team in the East last year and did, they made it to the second round, right? Or did they face Tampa in the first? I don't remember. No, I but... think they bumped into Tampa. It was the second, yeah, in the okay. second round because they, yeah, yeah they so... actually uh, won. Who they beat? Yeah. I'm gonna look that up. Was it Toronto? No, oh, no, Toronto... Tampa. Tampa beat them. Um, okay. Tampa beat Toronto uh, in that first round. Yeah, I don't remember, but it's. An amazing story how the cap president's trophy. Oh yeah, Capitals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you win the president's trophy mm -hmm. and you're out early. You underperform. Then you're the worst team to make the playoffs and you're in the final. Yeah. Just randomness. You gotta love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's the thing. That well, that's what. Just you gotta get in, and anything can happen. I said that multiple times during this yeah. season. You just you get in, you get into the field of sixteen, and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And now the Panthers are on the verge of almost going through two one seeds. Right? Is Vegas is the one seed in the in 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 the West? Right? They're if they're not number one, I think they might be number two. Because the Kraken were definitely better than the Jets. I think so. And take first a look at the first round match I'm pretty confident in that answer. But um, so yeah, you know, you 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 get in with the level of parity in this league. Vegas literally. was the number one seed, but okay, way. yeah. See, so anything can happen. I think they'd be the uh, well, yeah, they definitely be the the first team in history to go through uh, two one seeds to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, because the the Kings didn't do that, and uh, the Kings are the only eight seed to to win the cup, right? I probably. Because the Predators went to the Cup as an eight seed, but mm-hmm. didn't win. Yeah, so I think that that's a cool storyline. I'm looking at is going through two number one seeds to win this. As cup. we're recording, JJ Paterka scored for Germany in the gold medal game against Canada. So one nothing. It's one or... one. Sammy Blaze scored, but it's one one. Uh, if you missed that? it, Latvia beating Team USA for the bronze medal. So that's a good story. Uh, Sabres, th- their players are playing really well at the World Championships. Paterka's been mm-hmm. amazing for Germany. Quinn, re- Quinn and Krebs really both playing well for Canada. For some reason, uh, Devin Levi never can play for Team Canada. He makes the teams, but never plays. We got a question uh, about that. World Juniors aside. I don't know if you I- saw we can we can table that for now. We can, yeah, we'll table the Levi I, I discussion was, I, until questions. But I, yeah. I think it's a really good one. Uh, and Tuck, the Tuck, Alex Tuck was one of the better players for Team USA as well. Although USA never really likes to bring their best guys to. No, Team USA the was. Worlds. It looked like a Spangler Cup team. Yeah, <laughs> Alex, Alex Tuck was probably Alex the best Tuck player. and a bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah, it was. Seriously, it was talking uh, in uh, the the 2018 Olympic team, almost. <laughs> yeah, but good good representation. And if man, like you remember Dylan Cousins, how he played at the Worlds last year. If if like Quinn Krabs Paterka, I'll have that Quinn's same been breakout. Playing out of his mind. Yeah, a couple I think goals. We're looking at a real breakout year for a couple of those guys, probably. And yeah. that kid, that, that kid's line will be a man line next year. If they, <laughs> if they the do that. men line, <laughs> I love it. The Wonderful. working man line. Yes. Yes. Oh, that, that's, oh, see, we're going to come up with a new name for that. Cause soon there's going to be another play. kid's line eventually. Yeah. Uh, Kulik, Savoy, and Krebs, whoever they draft this year, maybe. Oh, man. It's going to be. I want to talk about this, too. This can be something before we get into questions. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do at forward? Going forward, you've got so many guys. And I feel like whenever there's a discussion on Twitter about what the lineup could look like, eventually like you can realistically make a full lineup of guys who have been drafted in the first round by the sabers and make four awesome scoring lines but there's going to be pushback because yeah. where's the grit where you can't you need some grinders in there what are they going to do but at the same time when you suggest trading like roseanne or right any of their Osland, any of these guys, you get pushback on that too. Like, what do you want? What are they going to do? What it all points to is somewhere down the line, maybe after a playoff appearance is a, a big time trade and bringing in a, a big name player. I mean, things but will change. You, but then Luke, you can't pay him more than yeah. Tage Thompson. You, like you run into yeah. a roadblock at any idea. Well, listen, this is a good problem to have, though. I'm not about yeah. to turn this into a, you know, a, a 
a bad I don't thing, know. right? I just, I just think it's funny. Opportunities oh. will present themselves, and maybe you trade for a guy that's already on a contract, though. Connor Hellebuck. Perhaps. We, I'm surprised it took us this long to get in the Hellebuck. What do you think? Yeah. Should they do it? I'd love it. I'd love it. And I, I said to you, uh, think of UC Saros and his development. He played under Pecorine for three or four years, and now he's one yeah. of the best bullies in the league. I, he might be up for the Vesna, I think. Probably. So, um, I'd love it if you put Hellebuck with, with Levi. Let Levi shine in the, the, the 30 or 25 starts that he gets. Listen, you need two good goalies in mm-hmm. the NHL these days. You can't just roll with Devin Levi and Nuko Pekalukinen. You just can't. Vegas is looking so smart right now for going out and getting quick at the deadline. Aiden Hill. For a a fourth, fifth round pick. Yeah, it's just they have a. Imagine if Buffalo did that instead of signing Eric Comrie. It's a never ending stream of goalies that they have. Robin Robin Leonard. He wasn't available this year. Robita Island. Yeah, he wasn't available this year. Logan Thompson takes over, plays great. He what happened hurt. to him? Is he he's still hurt, or are they he's just hurt. not playing him? Okay, he's still hurt. Um, and I guess you know it's the playoffs. There's no point in changing anything now. He uh, signed to a sweetheart of a contract too. I think and he's really he's, good. He's like under a million for another couple of years. He had yeah, a great but year. Point being, the goal the Vegas has like five goalies who could win them games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jonathan Quick was backing up the other night. It's like, does this ever end? Like when when does uh, when does Yuri Patera come up? Like how he how looked far... okay for them in the, you know Yuri Patera is when the Sabers traded a pick to Vegas to not mm. pick Lena Salmark. Patera was the guy that they selected with that pick. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. More you know, okay. yeah. uh, what do you think about Aiden Hill as an option for the Sabers? Because I I'd be shocked if they. Like traded a first round pick plus for Connor Hallibuck. I right. I don't know. It just that's goes the one everything obstacle. that Kevin Adams yeah. says. Uh, I'll believe it when they when I see it when it comes to moving like yeah moving Uko Pekalukinen. Like I yeah. I don't know. I just think that they really like him. We'll see. But yeah, it does seem counter to uh, what the plan is. But, yeah. Um... So I feel like. I feel like they're going to have an off season similar to last year mm-hmm. on July 1st, where they bring in another goalie, uh, a better version of Eric Comrie, and mm-hmm. they bring in a better version of Ilya Lubushkin, and you call it an off season. Yeah, and Aiden Hill could be that guy. That's um, that's a good one to um, to consider because uh, he had a good regular season too. It's not like he's just um, uh, he was good last year also. You, I mean, I think he was good with the Coyotes too. Um, so he's not just kind of a flash in the pan guy. Either. Yeah. So and the Sharks traded what a second in a second round pick for Aiden Hill two years ago, and then a year later they trade him for a fourth. So um, yeah, egg on face for them for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we get into questions now? Yes, we got some good ones, some funny ones also uh, mixed in. I, I yeah, I got some that um. Well, you were tagging the tweet that it was replied okay. to. So, um, do you want to start off with a serious one? Yeah, <laughs> go go for the serious one. Uh, wait, do you have the, the account open? I don't. Um, I yes. probably should have let had me, that. Let me open it up. Going here. Um, well, while you do that, thank you to everybody who has listened um, this far in. We certainly appreciate it. Sorry, I had to turn my camera off a few minutes ago. If you're watching. Uh, and, and mute my mic. Um, that just creates more problems for me editing now for audio, so that aggravates me. Okay. <laughs> well, we had a few questions. Yes. Uh, first one from Greg over at Cover One. Thank you for the question. Ah, uh, yes. And then Greg, a handful of questions here from Greg. <laughs> How would you explain offsides to a five-year-old? Is hmm. a two-line pass real? Are we sure Mama doesn't hide the cookies anywhere else? And why doesn't anyone ever shoot at one of the first four holes? What is actually dangling? So <laughs> some questions that nobody asks from Greg. I love it. Luke, Greg I, feel like, I feel like you should. Hey, that's, that's Greg Thompson. 
he, he's, he's, you know, he's, um, if I may use a, a term that we use frequently in here, he's a guy, you know, he's, he's, he's prevalent in, um, the Bills space does excellent work with cover one. Absolutely. Um, so Greg, thank you very much. Uh, how do you explain offsides to a five-year-old? Oh man, I'd have to use an analogy with like candy or something. <laughs> um, how about uh don't pass the puck to somebody don't cross the blue line if some if your teammate is past the blue line but what if they don't know what the blue line is i mean it's self-explanatory no. it's a blue line what i if we're answering this literally i think i would just i I'd, I'd make it a drawing session i get the crayolas <laughs> out i get the 64 pack of crayolas out um sketch up a little rink okay uh and maybe explain it as like uh you want to stay together type of deal you don't want you don't want if you're if you're hanging out with friends right say you're trick-or-treating you don't want your buddy going out ahead of you and going to the um the the house the next house before you get there right you all want to get there at the same time i don't know it's hard to think of an example (laughs) off top my head uh is two-line pass real technically not anymore it what was a stupid at one point. rule. Was yeah, that like, that was pre-lockout, right? Yes, yeah, that's one yeah. of the changes. Like pre like that, that predates my fandom. So they were the people in charge were just intent on making the game as boring as possible. I feel like, especially with the grabbing and what has become the delay a game penalty being. I feel like actually allowed when when I was first getting into hockey, I had NHL two K on yes. the Sega Dreamcast when I yeah. was very young. And two, uh, two, 2K was 2000. It was just NHL yeah. 2K. I believe Brendan Shanahan was on the cover. <laughs> and I believe two-line pass was a thing. Yes, because I remember playing NHL Blades of Steel 99. Oh, the Blades one with of Yager. Steel. The one Blades of, of Steel was so good. Yeah. Oh, uh, there was it... another Blades of Steel. There was one on the... The oh. original Nintendo. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Bit. Fantastic yes. game. But then Love it. NH- they 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 put the NHL license on it and put the teams in the game. Yager oh, was on the cover. It was either ninety eight or ninety nine. I gotta but... find that because that's because in the original one there was just like a handful of teams. Yeah, no, it was like, like countries, right? Yeah, no, yeah, it, it was, was like, like it was like Minnesota, Toronto, oh. uh, Los Angeles. There's like a handful of teams, but oh wow. Very well, cool game. I um, recommend. Yeah, I remember playing that game when I was like six or seven and just being like, two and pass, what the hell is that? And my my dad or someone told me like what it was. I was like, I can't believe that existed. Um, are we sure mama doesn't hide the cookies anywhere else? I don't know. I um gotta we, ask Rick Jennerette. Gotta ask Rick Jennerette. Um clearly when he was growing up, there was a shelf somewhere in the house where the cookies were hidden. I'm not, I I can't, um, it's not my place to um, critique his upbringing. If so, we ever get know. the pleasure of having Rick Jenner on our podcast, we will oh, be sure goodness. to ask him. Goodness. Uh, why doesn't anyone ever shoot at one of the first four holes? Well, of the five hole is the only hole that I, 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 I know for sure. There are there there are names numbers for the other holes, just no one yeah, references so it. Five hole, um, probably I imagine it's 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 probably one through five, and five between the legs is probably the least likely to score on. I imagine it's probably thought of, um, so that's probably why it's the five hole. If if we're going top to bottom, the one hole and two hole are probably like the the top corners. And right. maybe the three and four holes are the under bottom corners. Arms. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, so that that's what I'd imagine. Um, I have thought about that. What is dangling? Uh, well, you make a guy look like they're on a keychain. That's how I think of it, right? You you skate yes. around, you, you you circle a bit, and naturally two or three guys will follow you, and then you they they, they jingle all around. I guess if you looked at a. Uh, I don't know if you put it like a top-down view, and the guys were like dots or something. It might look like they're they're 
on on the guy's trail. Like they're attached to the player that is um that has the puck. Think of it like that. Think of it like a keychain, right? I remember back in high school when you were talking about some of your your some calls of, my, of the play future, play calls? your play by play calls. See, you I don't want someone on the to steal chain. it. I don't, I don't want someone to steal it. Yeah, but trademark it. I know, I know. So trademark thank you very it. much, Greg. Um, I wasn't expecting him to to give a question. I don't even yes. know. Yes, Greg, if you've been a, a listener or a new listener, we appreciate it. Thank you yeah. for your question. Seriously, that's that's wonderful. Greg Thompson. Uh, cameo question on the show we appreciate it indeed all right a couple more uh brandon duffy asking how awesome it would be to get matt Mitchkov and hmm. and the ahl plays by prison rules apparently yes uh i saw that yesterday it was horrible justin yeah. kia former saber prospect was a re- was the ref in oh game three and game two uh jordan samuels thomas another former saber prospect was the ref so yeah kia and kia and the crew uh, rough rough uh game for the stripes yesterday but yeah mitchkov would be uh so a good hockey prospect guy on twitter gabe foley actually mm-hmm. he put out his mock draft when we were starting this and had mitchkov going to the sabers at 13. I feel like he doesn't get past Washington at eight, but I feel like if he gets to 13, Kevin Adams will be prancing up to that stage and will gladly select him. It's crazy how things change in, in like just a year and a half. I mean, they, yeah, they he was number he, two. Yeah. He and Bedard were one and two. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly he's, he's, he's dropped like this. he hasn't played in a world on the world stage. World Juniors, anything it, like that, because of the the Ukraine. Oh, situation. so that's why then. Yeah, because he would. I believe when he was a sixteen-year-old, he put up monster numbers at the U18s, and that's where he really put his name on the map. And yeah, I feel like if if he wasn't Russian, he'd be number two, <laughs> yeah. without a doubt. But there's a contract situation and. That's going to do it. He signed for another few years. But, but if there's any team that can wait a few more years, it's the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Well, oh, man. All right. I I, 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 got, I, I have a joke. I'll tell you off the air. Paul Blarth Malkop. Also, thank yes. you, Brandon, for the question. Which of the recent new draft pick signees of the Sabres make the biggest impact in year one with the team next year? My money is on Novikov, but I see... Komarov sneakily being a guy quick in Rochester. Well, I think Ryan Johnson would be my guy, but mm-hmm. I do think Nikita Novikov is going to be something for Rochester. He's been playing a pretty big role in the KHL ever since being drafted, really. So yeah. he's. I think he's going to be a, like a nice puzzle piece in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Fits right in. I saw this question come in and I immediately thought Novikov. If he makes a jump to the AHL next year, I mean, he looks like he can already play um, professional. I mean, you said he's right. in the KHL, so he can clearly hold his own uh, against older players. So, yes, I think uh, I think Novikov definitely. Um, well, the biggest um, biggest impact. Paul Blarth, one of my favorite uh, followers. Plop Warner, at, right. at Plop Warner. Uh, I believe that's all we've got for this week. Uh, Is that all? Yes, I believe so. All right. But yes, uh, good show today. Uh, we'll try and get some more draft content as the draft rolls around over the next month. We're about a month away from the draft. So. Oh, one more. One more. Sorry. One more. Okay. From Quick. from from William. Uh, this is about Devin Levi. We talked about okay. this earlier, why he's not playing. Uh, Williams wants to know, what do you think the deal is with Levi not getting playing time with Team Canada? I think it's just experience. Sam Montembeau has more NHL, more playing experience probably. But it is weird because Levi did make his name in the World Championships. World Juniors. Well, yeah, so yeah, it, it, Canada. It's a little strange, um, but um, I think it's just NHL experience. I think yeah. that's, that's all it is. Also, uh, the Blues GM was the GM of Team Canada, and obviously he's going to want his – yeah. His prospect Joel Hofer to play a little games, uh, so. makes sense. Some, some politics there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Thanks you, William. That. Thank you. Uh, 
yeah, I believe that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Joe Marino TCB, LVKETCB. And Luke, we have a new Twitter handle for the podcast. Account. Yeah, it's been at the bottom of the screen for our viewers here. But if you're listening to the pod, it is at CO Buff Pod. That's C O B U F Pod. Um, C O B U F is capitalized, but I don't think it matters if you're typing it. Does not matter. Yes. It doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, new Twitter handle. Um, same account. Yeah, give it a follow. Just same account. Handle. Same account. Yeah. So yeah. Same stuff. I've become a, a graphic design wizard. Yeah. So hopefully yes. we will. There will be more stuff. Um, yeah. More stuff will be popping up. Um, of course, on here we'll do our little segments. Those haven't gone away. In fact, they're only going to get better. Now that we are video enabled, as the saying goes in the industry. Um, such as this, and such as this. Uh, so you'll be seeing guy of the week. Yeah, um, and, and hey, this is like the we're still in the beta stages practically of this. It's only going to get better. So absolutely, um, keep listening, keep watching, and thank you. Mwah. All right, thanks for listening or watching, and we'll see you in the next one.